Hello and welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard, ably led by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show where we open up the biggest conversations about issues that concern you and I. Your virtual university is brought to you by the Springboard Racial Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pauls Just Be. The Enterprise Group Enterprise Your Advantage. Our media partners are the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Business. Today we turn our attention to tips for the unemployed. That topic alone by itself is very attractive. Globally, unemployment is a big issue in every continent and particularly in Africa, we have a peculiar challenge with over 600 million young people aged under 25 in sub-Saharan Africa alone. This represents both an opportunity for economic development and a threat because of the obvious implications of unemployment. What should those hundreds of thousands of people who come out of universities, apprenticeships, and so on do when the jobs are not available. Professor Emeritus Stephen Adair is my guest. Prof, good to see you again. Me too. Thank you. Let's start by contextualizing how big is the issue of global unemployment in the African situation? Much bigger than the world has ever seen since the 1930s when we had the Great Depression. So in terms of unemployment, it is the worst for the world over the past 90 years. We, the developing or underdeveloped countries then, did not experience much of, of it because we were mostly rural economies, informal sector, not having a very small formal sector. So we're just above the situation the industrial countries were about almost three centuries ago. So we didn't experience it. But in the 1930s, the Great Depression brought so much hardship and unemployment that indirectly it is what gave rise to the Second World War with Hitler riding on the back of it and uh, almost destroyed the world economy. So this is how big it is. In our time, also as anticipated by the COVID and of late also the Ukrainian war, the advanced economies, which hitherto has had a very low unemployment rate, basically this was what we called frictional unemployment, people changing jobs, cyclical unemployment. And uh, actually, the economists have a very uh, mauvaise, as the French would say, bad concept of when there is so-called total employment, there's a certain basic unemployment which is assumed to be part of total employment because of people changing jobs and other things. And also, they had the booms and the best of uh, the business cycle, so therefore sometimes. But at this moment, we are faced with serious structural unemployment with the economies of Europe, of uh, the Americas, experiencing their own unemployment rate in 
double-digit unemployment, which is unprecedented for almost 19 years. But when we come to Africa, ours is what we call structural unemployment. And the structural employment has to do not so much with this cycle car or people changing jobs, some demand supply type of changes in the short term, but the structure of our economies, our labor force, our sectors, for example, agriculture is shedding labor, whilst even those who are left don't have the technology to improve their productivity, whilst the industry it's not, not expanding enough. There's a structural constraint. Services have been there for in Ghana. Services now account for more than 50% of GDP. But this petty trading and other things is not <laughs> what the services that are that productive. So it's serious. And even though officially, if you measure it by American standards, they will say unemployment is between 13 and 15% in Ghana. I am inclined to side with the government statistician that, especially among the younger people, we are almost moving towards one in two being unemployed. And that's so that's about 50%? Yes. I think he mentioned that 49, but that's whatever distance. We can never measure it accurately. So the level of unemployment is very, very high. And the likelihood that if you lose a job, you may not get some for quite a while with graduates some spending about five years to ten years before landing on their first job. Uh, the politicians will say unprecedented. What are the implications for, for those who may not be very familiar with these economic concepts? What are the implications for, for families, for individuals, for communities, for the nation at large of having a, at, a young population that has no jobs? And at this moment, a lot of middle income also, not as high as the young people, but high level, I would say high level of unemployment. At the personal level, unemployment can be very devastating. It erodes your self-confidence. You know, it's a sort of social dislocation. Uh, it's associated with even sometimes having mental ill health, when you feel that you are not worth it, you know, so the loss of relationships, you know, workplace is a very important socialization media. From the family, you go to the, you spend all your days, working days at the workplace, social relationship, and then, of course, weekends, if you go to church, you may have, but the workplace is a socialization one. Then there are the economic implications. You know, when you are unemployed, and then you have to, as an adult, have to depend upon the charity of your family. We don't have social security, uh, social safety net for you. You just don't feel that you are what you ought to be. So at the personal level, in fact, that is where it is most devastating, unless, and we'll come to that, unless the people are helped to cope with it, and we'll come to the solutions later. But at the family level, I've seen, you know, the other day, one of my mentors calling me, can you help with my grandson? And I said, look, I'm handicapped. I am, I've retired for 13 years. If, 
has been letting him send his uh, CV, hoping that he will be able to teach one of the subjects. But these days, people go to school, they learn political science, we will come to some of the courses for the unemployment later on. Uh, so you cannot fit. The only place that I could have easily fitted it is now school. But then doesn't have, he doesn't have the subjects to do so. So families, both parents and those younger people are really wondering, is it worth it? In some cases, especially the, the less educated, the graduates from the BEC, WASI, can easily be recruited as you know, agents of social unrest. That was part of the Arab Spring, when people feel that they are hopeless and uh, they don't have anything in the future. Anybody who promises them, I mean, that he will make the situation better, and as the politicians also do, they will follow him. And it can be a source of conflict or unrest in society. But at the national level, it's a question of it affects development and growth. Growth means increases in GDP per capita because your major resource is not being used a large proportion. Labor is a major resource. And if you don't learn how to use them, for example, I've always ad advocated that we should use different methods of construction of roads. We don't need to uh, have beauty men and other things with high import content. Other countries, when I go to Rome, uh, I used to go to, and I don't go there now, because when I was in the UN, and Rome is one of our headquarters with the FAO and the IFAD there, I drive on roads which were built during Caesar's time, the Appian Way. And in Rome itself, they have left some of the roads not intact. intact. It's interesting when we are, it's, it's like ripple. But they used to bake bricks. Like cobblestones, those cobblestones. Yes, cobblestones, break bricks and other things. And they have lasted two millennia. And why? So what I'm saying is that we can use them and uh, use them. Otherwise, we are losing a valuable resource. And over time, they get skilled. In other words, if they come from school and they are not used over time, they get skilled. And even how, if you want to use them again in the national development, you must have a, a way of short-term improving their capacity, their self-confidence, their uh, skill components, uh, ICT competencies before because unemployed people often lose their skills. Let, let me come to the, the causes. Would you suggest, for instance, that the way we educate or socialize our children, our society as a whole, is a contributing factor to the level of unemployment? A major one. There are several of them. And first of all, attitude, I always say that someone wrote a book, Jeffrey, says that, you know, attitude is everything. I say that that is an exaggeration, but nevertheless, attitude is very important. You know, when I'll give you a little personal example. When I f finished teacher's college, I had three months before our posting in September. We finished in June, early July. Did you know what I did during that time? I was making 
I was a farm laborer, and I was also going, we call it contract, that means in the farm, you know, you take some job together, and you bargain with the farmer, or they making a path, and then how long you take is your business, so you can do it quicker. And I was doing it, and the reason why I was doing it, I didn't see farming, or being a farm laborer, as below me, as a young certificate a teacher so attitude i think that we have our colonial history has made white collar job the job for example uh, people have finished university they are scrambling for uh, being clerks to be paid 800 Ghana cities you know the napco how they line up do you know how much 750 or 850 and yet if you ask the same person to go and work on a construction site and be paid 100 Ghana cities a day 3,000 he says do you know me you know I went to the University of Ghana I was taught by Professor Jumpo so I can't do it. This is for the uneducated. So first, our whole orientation of what constitutes job is wrong. Wow. Number two, and that comes from the type of education that we give. We actually train people to get a certificate and then go out to look for a job. That was okay during my time, whereby when I finished Legon, I had four jobs to be an economist at the Ministry of Finance, economist at the uh, Bank of Ghana, to be an assistant bank manager of Barclays Bank, and then to be an officer of Capital Investments Board. And that's where I stopped looking for a job, but I had these four, and of course, in addition, I had a scholarship to go and do my master's. So. Because of that, during the colonial time, they needed a few. And even during our time, their white-collar jobs were sufficient to go around. That is only a very, at a lower level of underdevelopment. And I remember when we were studying development economics, Gulda Meir, the Asian, uh, uh, Asian crisis or so, you know, you read about India, people with PADs riding taxis, driving taxis. And we said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> was my first degree, I have four jobs, and India people. But they, there's a phase in development. So the second is that we are in a phase, there's a phase of development in which the job openings in the public sector, in, in the modern sector, is outpaced by the production of the people from the educational system. Then, and if at the same time your people have not been oriented with the skills, the attitudes to explore, to become entrepreneurs, to work in areas where there's demand, it then compounds the situation. But on the other hand, there are another cause of it. Our economy, even though could not have maybe absorbed all of them by now we should have expanded enough to be able to absorb a lot of them the economy has not we have not well managed our economy the real sector has not been growing as it is so therefore the opportunities are not growing as it is and people look to the public sector 
forgetting that the public sector and sometimes our politicians make people think that they are responsible for employing Ghanaians. The, whether Mahama or Kufuadu, they do not directly employ Ghanaians because the public sector of Ghana to date, at most, we be, I mean, exaggerated, will be 750,000 workers. Assuming half of the Ghanaian, 32 million are in the labor force, it is one over 16, less than what, 6%. Of Ghanaians are employed by the government, so they shouldn't give the illusion. We'll come to that. Uh, the why uh, youth employment you start and other things, but the main cause is that government at best is a facilitator, and that's where we'll come to the uh, creating the environment of employment of Ghanaians. And this idea that the government is responsible for employing directly Ghanaians should be abused. So the lack of the, uh, growth of our economy and then the technologies we use is good for us. I don't think that we, are, we should go through all the steps of development that the developed countries go. I mean, come on, you cannot say that. No, have 30 typists. Don't use <laughs> the voicemail <laughs> to type it. No, but there are certain areas where you deliberately have to adopt certain technologies in terms of road construction and the rest, which will be a bit labor-intensive. So the way our economy has been managed has also been a contributory factor to the development of unemployed. And let me end by saying that the global situation has not been favorable, but I don't say that anybody who thinks that the world must change to get you employed, you say, but we, the global situation has not been too favorable, and we have not made an effort in the, if you are an underdeveloped country, you have to look for niches, and where you have comparative and competitive advantage. For example, even the minerals we have, we, they, we take it all out. If a, we say that, look, nobody can take raw gold out of Ghana. The question is this, what would they do? Because gold is specific <laughs> to your ground. Therefore, they have no choice to make money. They will process the gold here. And that is, so there are certain policies we can do in order to increase the rate of our economic development and looking for our niches in the world because you are not going, the world will not stop for you unless you find how you can get onto the train while it's still moving. You are in trouble. This is Springboard Virtual University. My guest for today, Professor Emeritus Stephen Adair, helping us to understand some issues around unemployment. We'll be coming very shortly to the tips for those who are unemployed. But for this first part, we've been trying to understand how big the issue is. And he says it's it's as big as can be and can be compared only to the Great Depression 90 years ago in the 1930s where things got so bad that it led eventually to the World War that brought Hitler to the fore. He's saying that the African situation is even more challenging because 
it's a structural issue and therefore requires a different outlook and in some cases deliberate policies that are made with our situation in mind to create opportunity for our young people. It's ending on the point that we need to find our own niche and then take some tough measures to work for our advantage in our part of the world. Before we even go to the tips, let's talk about underemployment. Underemployment, okay. Before the person says, I'm employed, but from where you say, let's talk about underemployment and why we cannot ignore it. Very, very important. In fact, uh, that is so widespread that if we add the underemployed, we will be, in fact, most Ghanaians are underemployed. In other words, what they can produce, they are producing far below. I mean, they are, the civil servants are taking the uh, was a government statistician to task by saying that, you know, they are paid 3,400, they work 4,430. Actually, they are not even producing what they are paid, let alone making a profit. That is serious underemployment. Do I agree with him? The answer is yes. Not by the figures, but I've always said that the average Ghanaian is overpaid. And what I mean is not that he is getting far more than he needs to survive. In fact, he needs more to survive, but does not generate what they are, they are capable of doing. And, and let me give you a case in point, and I will come and tell you that. When I came to Gimpa, do you know that, interestingly, we had approximately 400 staff of which eventually we had to separate about 40%. But when I was leaving, we were having approximately 400 staff. Of course, the composition has changed. The quality, there's more teachers and there are things. So it's, it's not exactly, but the same quality of labor. But their the turnover was half a million. And nine years after dollars, nine years after the turnover was 10 million dollars. This shows that they, even at that level, they were totally producing far beyond their capacity. I believe that teachers, most teachers in the public sector are actually producing at best in the lower levels about half their capacity. A lot of people, they work for about uh, half the time. If you are a part-time worker, when you want to be full-time, you are underemployed, you go to, have you been seeing the, the size of farms which are made when you are going by even the roadside? Half an acre. I mean, when somebody is working on a half an acre, not on an intensive farm, you know, because in half an acre you were fertilizer, irrigation, high-value products like flowers or cabbages and uh, producing about four times a year. But this is half a year, uh, half an acre. He plants corn, <laughs> and then when he finishes, he puts cocoa yam and yam in it, and the whole year, when he, he goes and brush it, and the other one sitting under the tree. And it's over and over again. And so the un underemployment, which is actually, so that if somebody is half unemployed, <laughs> 
you if you were to add them on with the three quarters unemployed, the quarter unemployed, then we are a gargantuan. That is where we are. See, where we are. This is Springboard, which I'm guessing my guest, Professor Stephen, they're helping us to break down the issue of unemployment. I'm, I'll take a brief break when I come back. Let's find out. So, what should that young person who holds a degree do? What should that young person who has gone to learn a trade do? What should somebody who says, I left one job in transition going to what I assumed would be my next job in a week's time and after four years I still am sitting at home writing applications. What should they do? And by the way, should some people look at themselves and conclude that they are underemployed and therefore need to make a change in their career path? These are big conversations. When we come back, let's touch on those issues with some very priceless tips with Professor Stephen Adai. Please don't go away. Ah, Joe, what's it? Enterprise Insurance would dear woman promo nana. Hey, what's it? <laughs> Four coupons. Vom. Washing machine. Vom. Car washer. Vom. BBRB. Vom. Obiadia. Vom. <laughs> Buy or renew your existing motor insurance policy and win instant rewards such as fuel coupons and branded gift items in this year's Odia Woman Motor Insurance promo. You could also win an iPhone 14, front load washing machine, high pressure car washer, vacuum cleaner, and an auto tie inflator during the monthly raffles and a slick crutch rocket motorbike at the end of the six months promotion. Make you no slacku. <laughs> Call your insurance broker, agent, or visit any enterprise insurance branch and get your reward now. You can also call us on 0302-634-777. This promo is in partnership with NLA on the Characters platform. Terms and conditions apply. Enterprise, your advantage. (laughs) When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you and, and the, the whole world, world awaits, awaits you. you don't go alone go with us everywhere, everywhere you, you go. go welcome back to springboard your virtual university brought to you by the springboard russia foundation in partnership with mtn pulse the enterprise group our media partners, the multimedia group, and the graphic business. My guest for today, Professor Stephen Adair, helping us to touch on the issue of unemployment. And just before we signed off the first part, also touching on underemployment. He's saying that if we add his own estimate of unemployment, is probably one out of two. And if we added the underemployed, we will be probably in a situation where most Ghanaians are operating way below their capacity or their potential to be productive. Prof, if a person is sitting down today um, unemployed and saying, thank God for this discussion, tell me, Prof, what should they do? How do we turn this around? And even more importantly, okay. what should the individual do? Because yeah. you say people should take, you typically will say people should take responsibility for their own lives. 
what should the individual do? First of all, let me say one thing which will shock people before they... I think that ultimately an adult is responsible for their own lives. I think that if anybody who is unemployed is blaming the government, blaming their parents, blaming their school and everything else, excuse me to say, they are being irresponsible. Mm. Because the essence of an adult is being fully and personally responsible for your condition. That others are now becoming to are contributory to make it easier for you or not uh, is another thing. You know, when I was a young man, of course I was a graduate, so therefore it is not that young. I used to say that I would never be unemployed. And what I meant, what I meant by not being employed, unemployed, is that I would never at any time be gainfully not engaged. And even if it means my helping some old ladies, some children, whether I'm paid for or not, because people must learn for their own sense of self-esteem and security, must learn to be always gainfully engaged, paid or unpaid. The reason is this. That is very important for you to feel that you are worth yourself. And there's no, let me use a religious uh, cliche, but I, that God never make a junk. There's a, uh, the Americans mm -hmm. used to have some. So the first thing is that when you are unemployed, you must change your attitude and not think that because you don't have a job, you are you are worthless. You are no less a human being than the one who is passing by with a four-wheel drive or uh, and looking for something to do. You know, when I started Ghana Christian International School, somebody called me. There's a young man who is unemployed. And I said, what? He says he has gotten geography first class and he hasn't gotten a job. And I said, and you are worried about him? Geography, first class, he, in his neighborhood, if he sets up a table to say that in his veranda, he's going to help the children in the environment to pass their BEC or wasi well. No charge. He will immediately get about 10 people. And let me tell you, within two weeks, the parents will be so happy that they will be giving him sufficient money to live on. And that is the beginning of setting up a school. So I, I just want to say this because a lot, not everybody, there are some people who are handicapped other things, must learn first and foremost to be humble, take the responsibility. In the humility side also, there are certain jobs, quote unquote, people think it is below them. I don't believe that, uh, I mean, it's only in our system, it's part of our cultural acculturation. When you go to America, the average garbage collector is a graduate, some with postgraduate degrees. Anyway, they pay them well also. And they make a difference. 
So, the, for example, I'm not, I don't think that they are that rich, but I remember one day when I was in the UN, I, I like Kofi uh, Brokuman. So when I come and there's, I don't get anywhere else, I go to the airport, you know, that road. Pacific uh, Hotel. That's you know. That's, they are so East smart. Lagoon. Yes, they are, they, are they always have plenty. And I'll go and sit down with them. And the, of, thank God with my size. And when I was the UN, no Ghanaian knew me much at Athens. Sit down with them, and I buy it and I eat it there, <laughs> and I chat with them. And I tell them, can you make ten Ghana CDs a day? And that time that was profit. They said yes. And says, no, you are on your way to becoming a millionaire if you know how to invest it and everything else. And I was trying to educate them. You know, the average graduate will not want to sell a plantain. But if you, I'm sure those people selling plantain there make at least 2,000 CDs a month. And yet they are looking for 600 jobs. So there's a need for a certain change. And we must help the young people because they say that during your time, you know, and it's true, during my time, when I finished university, there was four jobs waiting for me. And if I wanted six, to, of course, I wanted to teach, I mean, with a good degree in economics. So all those things are not counted. Things have changed and we must change. There are so many areas in Ghana well, you know, at this moment, I've asked my school to put it on the web. We need about four drivers. And I say that we are paying between 1000 to 1500 for a driver. And I say that, you know, when a graduate sees it and applies and become a driver, I can tell you when he goes there, there will be opportunities because every now and then we need teachers. And the driver we know to be you. But you ask him, of course, some are getting Uber. But the Uber, even you need uh, some capital. This, so a graduate can become a driver. There's a construction area. And there are so many avenues that they should be willing to. The third is this, and I'll come to uh, more because this is so dear to my heart, is that some of them must be willing to risk here. You know, when you finish Legon, excuse me to say, with political science, I don't say that intellectually, for me, the reason why all the degrees build your mind intellectually. But hey, how many people have, have advertised and said that I want a political scientist to employ? No, but you have gotten such a wonderful or history or that wonderful equipment. Your mental capacity has been enhanced. If you want to go and learn apprenticeship, I tell you, within a year, you are a master craftsman in an area. And you are the type who will be able to employ other people. I got a young man, got in a post rate. Fortunately, he was doing it by the roadside, encouraged him to go to the university, finish, and nothing. Today, he's, um, he came to my house. He's employing 17 people doing chairs. But you haven't finished history. You go and be their apprentice there for two years, and you have the capacity of setting up your journey. And you employ other people. Very soon you will be on the one hitting the nails. So the risk killing is important for you 
to do so. Some of them, they are quite related. When I was doing my first, second degree, I did marketing. Later on, I became a chartered company secretary. If I wanted, I could shift to accountancy. At that time, I needed only two subjects to become a chartered accountant. I didn't charter because I hated accountancy. <laughs> so I said, that if I charter, I'll be tempted to go for money, follow it. So I won't charter. I'm running from evil. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is this. So if I were in the economics and there was opportunity for it, I could shift to accountancy by... So, so generally, you, Prophet, the idea of risk killing is, is quite interesting. What you're saying is that every degree really is just to build your mind intellectually. But yes. if you came out of university, yes, but let's there, there are a degree, few degrees like nursing, uh, medicine, which are specific. But the ordinary, if you finish economics, you can do anything. There's nothing like this economic job for you. Right. So if you don't get a normal economic work in the banking ministry of finance, Charlie, the core essence of a degree is mind development, yeah. which unfortunately our universities and who will come back later are not doing good at it. So before we come, we come to that, you're saying that the risk killing that you prescribe is not going to take on another degree or another no, course. No, 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 no. You're saying shift into something that is apprenticeship, like joinery, carpentry, yes. metal work. Yes. Um, Something that, as they see in Sami Juma, yes, and you, you yes. give an example of somebody that you 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 guided who yes. now employs seventeen people. people. This is, a, I mean, and from the developmental economics point of view, yes. this is exactly what we need. Yes. Young people employing but 10, ten, eight, ten. twelve, seventeen, and he hasn't finished building his factory. Now he's building the factory. We, he has is he has already put in half a million. He doesn't own a personal on it. I mean, this is two Sundays ago. I was so delighted that we should do so. So, Professor, when you see some of these things and you get insulted, does it bother you? No. Because people get really, really upset when because, you see a graduate should go and do carpentry. Because. And so on. Because, you know that, don't you? Yes, because I, I don't get bothered because three insult me, two benefit from it. <laughs> and for me, even one benefited from it. It will be. What I'm saying is this. I'm. The four positions in my school for drivers. And the reason why it hasn't been filled, that we are fed these days, you can't have a driver who cannot read, cannot use Google, so that when she's going, you have to be in the car with him. So it's a level of education is required. It's not required because I say, you know, go to, you know, this place in Mungwa. All that I need is to give you the address. <laughs> and, and when you get there, you need to be able to engage, sign, engage sign a document, them, sign a document, do something. something. And, and if you have, have nature, and you have any problem, engage Call me. Somebody, okay. Yes, on there. And so, in other words, we must redefine employment and skills. So you've talked uh, about personal responsibility very humbly. You're saying every adult ultimately is responsible yes. for your own life. And Actually, President Roosevelt said it. You say you are responsible for your face. And for your face? Your face. Okay. And that at least, even if you are ugly like me, if you smile, people don't see how ugly you are. So that's <laughs> your first prescription, personal responsibility. responsibility. Then you go on to humility and see that responsibility starts with humility. Yes. And you say don't see any job as below your level. Yes. You mentioned the U.S. Yes. that the average garbage collector yes. holds it's a degree. A and yes. the pattern is also quite interesting. You mentioned the coffee brookman sellers who, from your calculation, probably yes. earn more than several people holding university degrees. Oh, and yet, master's degrees. 
And yet we would not. And if you go in there, you will do it better. Because very soon, by virtue of your degree, you have clients in their offices. You go send them packages because it must arrive warm. You, you, you can do so. So you can do Which brings more. me to the point I was going to make. I would like your quick comment on the fact that many young people with university degrees have gone into delivery services, food. I have a friend who does some brilliant watches here. He has yes. customers. Their cars are packed there. Packed there? Yes, watch they it. have stepped out and they're using Instagram to reach out to people. Yes. Some of them don't even have an office in their home. And yet, and yet the, the audience it. that they are getting from, yes. speak to these categories of people because on one hand, we celebrate them here, but sometimes they may also ask themselves if they could have done something else, or they would have. What do you, what do you have to say to people like that? No, 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 no. They are in the right track to become millionaires quicker. You know, I'm so proud of my last born. He finished electrical and electronic engineering. Six months he was sitting at home. Timothy, can I help you get a job? Or who am going to? Then I heard. He won't mind me. Then one day at church, his friends were, they were talking about, hey, Charlie, I'm working in the bank here. And they says, Timothy, what are you doing? And I was nearby, and I heard him say, he says, I'm building my capacity. I nearly collapsed. I said, hey, what will you take? Six months building your capacity. This boy sat in front of the YouTube. And at one time, he claimed to be one of the three top most photographers in Ghana. Team Thousand Ways. If you need any, I've done work with, with, with Team with Thousand Ways. Yes. yes, yes. And so, a certain time he was employing about ten people. Now he does it almost part time. His company is there because he, I've had him to succeed me as executive director of our school. So, so you see, he immediately scaled. In his case, even he could have, in fact, for seven years, uh, Pentecost University engaged him teaching there. But even that, he has stopped. Because of so, so you, you celebrate those. So those watching ones, they are the heroes mm. of the modern age, having been able to transit from Mepedumayo to Meyedjuma. And those watching people, I'm sure that they are employing about twenty people part time with those scooters going around. Oh yes, yes, yes. In fact, you try to scope the the delivery chain, the value chain, and it was unbelievable. Yes. Look at the farmer, look at the person who transports the food, look at the, 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 the chefs. And I want some people to do that one for Kelewele. I want them to do that for, right? I mean, this is where. And then, of course, there are the directly manufacturing areas where they can go, and oftentimes they would need a few support. And here, before I go to the support, they must be willing to start small. There are some young people who come to me and then they bring me a feasibility study, what they want to do, and they are paying themselves 5000 a month. I said, Machaliko, because if you are going to be an entrepreneur, you are not looking for a salary. You are looking for something that will sustain you while you build up. And you know, in, in this country, with 5000 there are so many things one can do, up to about twenty-five. Young people must be willing to start small. And if they want to start small, then they are likely to have someone even willing to dash. I mean, if I see a young man and I can afford 5000 to support them to make something, I will do so. But 
and they will have angel investors again sometimes they have good ideas someone will say look i will fund it and then when you succeed i have 25 percent equity let's talk the, about partnership because one of the things that has been the criticism of many young people or many people trying to go out into a business venture is that we have a tendency to want to have it or own it all ourselves what would you say about the the option of partnership and then also the challenges that come with it there are several levels of partnership one is what i was talking about whereby it's not even a partner is somebody investing in your idea so he's not a, a managing partner he says that look get this money you go and do it if you succeed I have 25% equity. If you don't succeed, of course, <laughs> he loses his money. That is, that is one of the best ways for young people because the older person you have his ideas, experience, and he's not just giving you the money. He almost gives you uh, business support and advisory services for free. Then comes your own peers doing the things because of the scale complement. I was talking about my son. He had a Pocho, you call him Pocho, but his real name is David. You know, partners, they brought their complementary skills. And so, that, and then there was a, they had a silent partner, not an active one, to be with them in the three phase. And sometimes you may be disappointed, yes. And unfortunately, there will be there are a lot of people who are not trustworthy to be your partners. You have to be careful. Uh, but then, even when you are let down once, make sure the legal framework other things, it doesn't mean you don't start again. Because owing 50% of a bigger one million industry eventually is better than owing 100% of a 10,000 business. Absolutely. And this is, no, oftentimes you need various forms of partners, technical partners, financial partners, which is equity, investor, you know, and others. So you need those partnerships. In order to solve our unemployment problem, we should not ask the young people to be on their own. And there are various levels which time will make. First of all, the labor union. You know, there's often a conflict between those who are employed and not unemployed. Because after all, if you raise wages today, it's only those who are employed who benefit and makes it even more difficult. There's a need, and I think, for the labor and employers to sit down to make sure, because let me tell you, if we don't, those people, you may get a salary increase, but you have to feed three of your children who are so-called unemployed. Mm. Number two, I think society, I'm talking about groups, churches and other things, should not just get collections and you know, build big mansions for their pastors and even cathedrals. Uh, the National Cathedral is accepted because we need a national monument to reflect that Ghanaians, 70% of us are Christians. A church like, say, Church of Pentecost, Methodist, Presby, Catholic, should be having their own banks, big credit unions, and then employment. I just ha had a wonderful young man calling Mr. Nketia, who has a businessman giving his church 100000 as an entrepreneurship support. So we can do a lot within this social level. We need to also look at the government. And the government is trying to do a lot. 
the former they used to call themselves small scale enterprises, uh, small scale uh, industries. Now they call it enterprise. Ghana enterprise agency. Yeah. Ghana enterprise agencies. However, at the end of the day, is improving the general conditions, economic environment, lending rate being brought down, special guarantee for young people when they go in for the finances to reduce the bank's risk. And these things, the government has a lot to do. But finally, given the time, is our education system. We need to change our Pedagogy, the teaching method from, you know, let you pass, poor, and forget, to create critical thinkers, people who are innovative, who see their education not as a passport to a job, but to help themselves. My father-in-law, Powell, he says that when he was graduating as Cambridge, his, one of his professors said, Willie, you are now being given a tool to go and help yourself. Let us change the attitude of the degree, the certificate, the diploma, from a passport to employment, because there's no employment for everybody, to a tool to go and help yourself. And that change will work wonders, because the Ghanaian young men, they are innovative, they are intelligent, and they can do far more than my generation did. So your four closing prescriptions, one is that in agitating for labor, for, for, for salary increments, let's bear in mind right, that, that startups, <laughs> startups will have to pay that high in labor fees that they may not be able to afford, and you may yes. end up having more money by having to pay for three unemployed people. Yes. And as an economist, minimum wage is a non-starter. Why minimum wage? He says that for survivor. The question is this. If you have a so-called survival minimum wage, you are saying that somebody cannot be employed or paid less than that. The question is that people are willing to accept jobs <laughs> at below the minimum wage. So what do you do? Yeah. The second point is that you are saying that organizations like churches, for instance, that yes. are huge, must consider having their own banks, their credit unions, and, and entrepreneurial support arrangements, arrangements within the church. Even though some will argue that it's outside their mandate. The third is that you're saying By the that way, it's not outside their mandate. Their man the church's mandate basically is to worship the Lord, equip the saints, and evangelize. But he must equip the saints for the work of ministry. I don't want a situation whereby, say, the pastor is the chairman of the entrepreneurial group. But within the church, they can form that group. There are people there who are businessmen and other things. And you say that it's outside their mandate to help their people to get jobs and other things. No. It's so it's not going to be the elders meeting to do so. Yeah. Prof, in a minute, closing thoughts on unemployment and the way forward. I think that one of the most devastating for any person is to be unemployed. And I would say that those of us who by God's grace are better placed must reach out to them in advisory mode, in encouraging them, in supporting them. Some of them need so little to, to, to make it and direct them. You shouldn't see them as if you know they are pests to society. No. 
they are one of the potential tools of making Ghana great and strong. Thank you very much. And as you talk, it just strikes me that the point you made about self-dignity and self-confidence, the person coming to ask you is themselves already broken yes. and, 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 yes. and they need some encouragement yes. to rise up and do something with their lives. Yes. I can't say thank you enough, Prof, for finding time for us again. And before we can, let me just add, there are so many things we can do. Even, for example, I am, for my personal driver, I'm trying to have two people so that it's meant to mentor them, not to be my driver's for, for life. life. But for them, because the existing driver, I want him to go as a mature student to the university. So while he's doing that, the other one will support him. Mm. Um, you know, and there are so many we can share. And when they are dead, they don't need to be paid that high. They live in my house for free food and that things, and they need something to, in other words, we who by God's grace, have made it, must know, especially the middle and the upper class, that we have responsibility beyond our children. And if we don't, when we have a social crisis, we are all in it. The thoughts of Professor Stephen Aday on unemployment and some priceless tips for the unemployed. This has been Springboard, your virtual university, brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by NTN Pulse, Just Be, the Enterprise Group Enterprise Advantage, our media partners, the multimedia group, and the graphic business. On Tuesday, find the full transcript of this conversation on page 18 of the graphic business, as well as online at myjoyonline and springboard.com.gh. So we come away again next week. My name is Albert Okran saying God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you.